The following is a sermon from the Vicar at Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. Our gospel today will also serve as our sermon text, and it comes from Matthew 25, where we look at the parable of the ten virgins. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. The gospel of our Lord. Praise be to you, O Christ. Please be seated. The Titanic was a great, luxurious ocean liner, right? The biggest of its day. It was fitted with all the nicest commodities and the most delicious foods. Nothing could stop this amazing boat, and nothing could stop the great time that people were having on that boat. Almost nothing, of course. You all know the story. You know what happened next. Unexpectedly, in the middle of the night, the ship struck an iceberg and ripped a hole in the side. When it became obvious that the ship was sinking, there was a scramble for the lifeboats and a huge problem was exposed. There was not enough lifeboats to accommodate all the passengers and crew on this ship. The lack of preparation and the insufficiency of lifeboats caused one of the greatest losses of life in history. More than 1,500 passengers and crew died that night in the cold waters. This event still serves as a powerful example of the importance of being ready for emergencies, especially when lives are in the balance. And it also led to changes in, in maritime law and in regulations to guarantee that boats would be ready for these unexpected emergencies so this would never happen again. I can think of another example, a powerful example, that talks about the importance of being prepared for an unexpected emergency, especially one where lives hang in the balance. This example from the parable of the ten virgins 
doesn't change regulations and laws. It changes the way we live. It changes the way that we testify about our faith. And it changes the way that we rest. The iceberg, or the Titanic did not know that there was an iceberg coming its way. But Jesus tells us exactly what's coming towards us. We're not watching for an iceberg. We are watching for the groom. Normally when Jesus tells us one of these parables, the first thing you want to do is break down what all the different characters and elements in the story might represent, right? And that's a good thing to do. But honestly, in reading and in studying commentaries, everybody gets so hung up and they obsess over what the oil might represent and what the little parts of the lamp might mean. Or why are there five wise ones? Why are there five foolish ones? What's clear is this. Jesus, the groom, is coming. And we want to be one of those wise virgins with ready lamps. So how do we have a ready lamp? Let's go to Paul's words from our second lesson in his letter to the Thessalonians. He says, For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We don't belong to the night or to the darkness. Paul seems to be plucking words right out of Matthew, right? He's saying, we're children of the light of the day. Reminiscent of the light of a lamp, right? He says that we don't know the time that Jesus will come back. He comes like a thief in the night. He says that we're not part of the darkness. So what are those characteristics for children of the light? Paul continues, Since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we're awake or asleep, we may live together with him. As children of light, we have salvation with Christ. Paul doesn't use the image of a lamp like Matthew did. He talks about a wardrobe of armor, right? We put on like a breastplate faith and love. And we have as our helmet the hope of salvation. But these things stay true when we talk about having a ready lamp. We, by the love of Christ, have faith in Christ, which ensures that we will have salvation in the end with Christ in heaven. Do you love Jesus as your Savior? Do you know that you'll have salvation with him when you die? The Christian with a ready lamp can give a resounding yes. And what a great comfort this is for Christians sitting in church, clinging on to their faith. But I think it's easier than we think to wake up without enough oil. The foolish virgins in our story did exactly that. They went to that room to wait with their friends for the bridegroom who was coming. They came with lamps. They came with the intention of going to the banquet. But they didn't. Maybe if they had cared deeply and loved the bridegroom who was on his way, they would have taken every possible precaution to be ready so that when he came, they could get up and go. Maybe they silenced a voice in their head that said, eh, maybe we're not ready. Maybe they thought they'd have more time. 
We don't get the answers to those questions. We don't know. But we do know what we see in ourselves. Have any of you sat in church going through the motions, not wanting to listen, not wanting to really praise God that Sunday? Have any of you not been able to let go of a sin or a grudge because I'm just not ready to be done being upset with this sin? Have any of you found yourself deep in a, a, a streak of being absent from church that started with the harmless thought, eh, one time won't hurt? I know I have. It's easier than we think to wake up without, without oil, to slowly damage our faith by becoming complacent in our spiritual lives. Hold on to your faith. In this season, we're talking about the end times. Jesus is coming again, coming again, and there are a lot of problems in the world that Christians face. So clearly, there are enough ways to damage your faith out in the world, so perhaps by the grace of God, we can take care of our faith in church. When you take the Lord's Supper, when you receive the forgiveness of sins, when you pray to God, when you study the Bible personally, you're preparing your lamp for that last day. With hearts of faith set on Christ, we have ready lamps. And we watch for the groom. I think we could end there. We could be done. All of you could go to Bible class after the service, have a good time, go home, eat, relax, have a great Sunday. But there is one more thing in this text that bothered me. And I think Jesus put that there on purpose. Do you think the virgins reminded each other to be ready? It seems unloving for the ones who brought more oil to not say, hey guys, you should probably bring more oil. So did the foolish ones just not listen then? Again, we don't know. But what we do know is we want to be ready and we do know that Jesus will come at a time that nobody knows. Nobody knows the day or the hour. He'll come like a thief in the night. So we want to be prepared. We have an urgent message to share. I encourage you to see this message as a privilege. So we don't know what's going to happen, but we don't, we don't know if they reminded each other, but we do know that we can do that. Am I not reminding you right now to be ready? This is encouragement that helps each other be, be prepared with more oil on, on your last day. When Jesus comes again, then none of us will be lacking like the foolish virgins. If it's not clear yet, imagine in this, in this scenario. You're one of the wise virgins on that day. You're waiting in the room with your friends and you fall asleep. And all of a sudden you hear the cry from the watchman. Wake up! He's here! Get ready! And you get up and, and you grab your lamp and you look around and you're so excited. You look around at your friends and you say, this is going to be a great time at the wedding. And you make eye contact with one of the other virgins. And there's a look of panic or confusion on their face. And you realize they're not ready to go. The groom's here, but they're not ready. 
Who is that person in your life? Outside of the confines of this parable, who is that person? You might be looking at a familiar face. It could be a family member. It could be a spouse. It could be a close friend. The Bible doesn't say we have some last second chance to fix the problem either. The Bible says the bridegroom came and those who were ready went with him to the wedding feast and the door was shut. And when the other virgins came, saying, Lord, Lord, open up for us, Jesus answered, Truly I say to you, I don't know you. It's not just that they were late for the banquet. Jesus says they're strangers. If you're tempted right now to feel like Jesus is being cold or unloving, maybe we should remind ourselves who we are. We're sinners. We've been sinners since the time our mothers conceived us. Even the good things we do are tainted by sins of pride and self-righteousness and arrogance. Only the amazing and undeserved grace and love of Christ can give us that invitation to the wedding feast at all. By our own actions, we would be looking at that closed door from outside in the cold and dark of hell, wondering what could have been in that celebration with Christ. But Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for all of your sins, shed his blood for all of you so that you might have the invitation to come be with him forever in that celebration, that wedding banquet of heaven. And that is an urgent message to share with everyone. I have one final thought for all of you. All of you who are watching for the groom with ready lamps, do you notice that everyone sleeps here? Everybody in our story falls asleep. In Jewish culture, these weddings were, were days-long events with dancing and music and all of your family would be there. Imagine our weddings, but for a week. No one would fall asleep waiting for that kind of celebration, but all of them do. And you have to wonder, how could the foolish ones be falling asleep if they know they're not ready? And if the wise ones are so wise, then why did they fall asleep? We get that they were tired for waiting for the groom, but they should have had their eyes taped open if they were so tired, staring out the window, waiting for Jesus to come, right? Especially if they knew how our story ended. With the door closed, with Jesus saying, you're strangers to me. It's a shocking reality to think about that Jesus would close the doors to heaven on those who don't have faith on the last day. But Jesus doesn't want us to panic. He doesn't want us to see the last day as this impending disaster that we need to be freaking out about. The uncertainty of the last day doesn't mean we should question our faith or our forgiveness or our worthiness in the eyes of Christ. We place our trust in Christ and all of his promises because with ready lamps we can rest well for that last day. Every night before I go to bed, 
my wife and I pray. We say, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And this I ask for Jesus' sake. Amen. That prayer literally helps me rest because it's part of my bedtime routine, but it also helps me spiritually rest. Let me explain that. I know that if in the middle of the night, Jesus unexpectedly comes with the sound of trumpets on that last day and he says, wake up everybody, I'm here. Let's go to heaven. Or if in the middle of the night while I'm sleeping, somehow the Lord calls me home. I know exactly where I'll be. I will be taken up to that heavenly banquet forever with Christ. That's peace. That's good rest. And it's yours too because you have ready lamps. Watch your faith. Encourage one another. The last day is coming, but it's not some iceberg on the horizon approaching to get us. It's Christ. It's our final joyful rest because we have ready lamps. Keep watching for the groom. Amen.